0: Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anichar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lay. Uh, you know, he's, he's obviously he's not in the building. Uh, we got to wait six days uh, for all the protocol stuff to kick through. Um, He's able to be in meetings by Zoom. And, uh, it, you know, what we see is a real long athlete, has the ability to rush the passer. Obviously, we were excited about him when we signed him in the offseason. He's had a little time off, so it's going to take him some time to get back into shape. But, uh, you know, once he gets back in here and gets working out, I think we're going to see the player that, that we signed in pre-agency, its ability to uh, play on the line of scrimmage and affect the quarterback.
1: Jacksonville's Jaguars defensive coordinator, Todd Wash talking about, well, newly signed, formerly retired, yeah, uh, defensive end, well, we'll call him defensive end, I think that's what he's going to be playing here, defensive lineman in general, um, Aaron Lynch, and keep in mind, Aaron Lynch, you know, he he brings a a pretty impressive resume, um, 20 sacks, um, 105 combined tackles, like, Obviously, on a defensive line right now that um, is looking for any kind of thing to grasp at, you know, Aaron Lynch hopefully holds that life reserver a little bit and can help him up um, in terms of depth. Or we'll see what he's got in the tank, maybe in terms of starting. But once again, anytime you come off of a long layoff like that, you have to acclimate your body to getting back to playing football again. And who's to say how, how long that's going to take for Aaron Lynch? Listen, I'm never going to question anybody uh, for walking away from the game. Um, I think everyone's got their reasons. I think everyone, you know, is entitled to. That. I'm reminded of Chris Borland. This is probably four or five years ago. Former linebacker from Wisconsin, played for the San Francisco 49ers. And when he walked away, he said it was because of his his knowledge and his understanding about CTE and how the brain works. Basically, he got his you know his teeth in some some CTE knowledge, and he said, you know what, this game's not for me anymore, and he walked away. Much of the chagrin of people out there, like, well, dude. You had a great year. Why would not you come back and at least get a new contract? Because to Chris Borland, it was more important for his health than it was making that second paycheck, which he definitely could have done. So with that being said, I'm not going to question why Aaron Lynch walked away in the beginning. But I'm going to need somebody in the Jacksonville media. And keep in mind, I'm not privileged to the, to the interviews with players and things like that. Every once in a while... I get thrown a scrap here or there. Every once in a while, I can get Gostis on, on the line. We could talk some Australian stuff. But besides that, I'm not privileged yet to that, that type of information. So I'm going to need somebody out there, whenever it is, to go to Aaron Lynch respectfully, respectfully and say, So what, what, what's going on? What, what happened with you? Why? And I need to hear that answer because it's it's definitely like it's a crazy story. From you go from retiring and then coming back in the same season. I gotta know what happened. By the way, Brent Marno, welcome back, man. How you doing? I thought I was gonna be by myself the whole day. Oh yeah, don't worry. We actually muted you the whole show, so you're not gonna talk today because of that fantasy football mess up that we had this morning. Coos be good? Nope. All right. Well, you wanna use my microphone, Brent? <laughs> that doesn't work. You wanna use my microphone to say hi to everybody? I'm not saying this was a setup. I'm not saying it's intentional. But I'm saying I'm so disappointed about this fantasy football draft or trade that went down this morning. Because we good or not? No, all right. Then I'll just keep on talking. There we go. Oh, we're good. Welcome back, man. The red light just would not go on. Yeah. It was a sign. I usually can push that red light. I couldn't do it. This, well, I still had you?
2: to your, uh, your access, that's why. Ah, very good.
1: I mean, were your hands callous from so many like golf shots or what? What's yeah, going on with you? Shots, okay.
2: that's for sure. I got you. Uh,
1: I heard your rant. Didn't, didn't get in Foley because Ariel Helwani called it. I know. And I had a lot I more enough to you say. Enough. Oh, I didn't have enough to say. I had a lot
2: more going on, Brent, but <laughs> I couldn't get I into learned it. is that a lion uh, can defeat a hy- hyena. You better believe it. Yeah. And you don't want to find that out. Do we do we know if that's true, though? Coos. The no, King of the Jungle?
1: <laughs> the King of the Jungle? and uh, hey, Did you ever watch Lion King? But like a pack Doc of, of hyenas. You, you ever see Lion King? I have seen. I love it. Uh, how, how did that go for Mufasa when he took on, you know. Mufasa. Same those hyenas. Mufasa. He, he did, I think uh, he, actually, no. no Mufasa he got killed. Well. Who was it? Simba? My bad, Simba. Simba. But remember at the end with Mufasa where the the hyenas turned on him. That's a good point. But by the way, that one hyena, he had some issues.
2: He had some CT going on. That guy was crazy. (laughs) Hey, we got some good news. What's up? I bring you good news. Bring it on. Let's go. Jacksonville Jaguars. Why not have Josh Lambeau. They've activated him. Okay. Uh, And that means John Brown has been released. Uh, Sorry, John. It's not good news for him. It's a good story for him, though. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, They've promoted Ben Ellison as well. Uh, Club released Josh Morrow. From the exempt commissioner permission list. So uh, there's that. And Avery Jones going on the reserve injured list. And when I saw this, I just said to Stuart Weber, I said, I don't remember Avery ever being on, like, hurt for some time. This will be a few weeks stint. Mm -hmm. And he missed last week's game, so obviously he's going to miss the next two at least. But it says a lot about him that he hasn't really been injured that much in his career. I mean, he's yeah. probably played hurt, but yeah. I don't remember him being injured much. No, he's, he's super dependable, man. He's um,
1: He made a steal, if you will. He's really dependable when it comes to playing in games. Not dependable when it comes to paying me money. But once again, you know how I feel about that. Here, here's a real question for you that we haven't really talked about at all. He's kind of fallen by the wayside.
2: Rock Armstead. You know, Do we know what's going on with Rock Armstead? I Is think okay? I saw. I saw in our feed yesterday somebody said he must have like the worst case of COVID ever, and I think they were obviously tongue in cheek. I, I don't know. I got to ask about that. I don't know yeah. what's up with Rock Armstead. I really don't. I, I mean, he had been on that list and maybe still on that list forever. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what's going on with him. So I feel
1: like um, that should be big. I mean, like granted of well, uh, how you feel about him on the depth of the running back
2: position, but for a guy to go on this list. And then essentially just get buried and I hear about him. That's a really eerie kind of thing. Well, it's, and you really hope that everything is okay yes. and, and there's not some severe. And we might not know that, wouldn't know that anyway. They're going to protect him and his health in that front. But we've seen guys go, come and go on that list. Uh, guys that have tested positive, not tested positive, uh, but were quarantined. Mm-hmm. That list has been, you know, shrinking uh, along the way. And so that is a, a good one to check into, and uh, I'll have to do that because I kind of forgot about him, to be honest with you. Kinda, you know, obviously James Robinson's been the story. A Zigbo's uh, eligible to come back now, too, mm. after the hammy. So, and they like a Zigbo, so it'll be interesting to see uh, if we like a Zigbo as much as they did, last time they said they liked the running back, that was James Robinson, and we seem to like yeah. James Robinson. So that's a good thing.
1: So I'm not sure if you're listening uh, to the show on your drive back from the Yeah, listened to here. the whole thing. Oh, fantastic right
2: job. Cool, cool. Thank by you. By the way, a, a shout-out once again to ESPN 690. What's uh, up? I mean, this is nothing to do with me. It's just the signal. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, just on the other side of Orlando. Not on the other side of Orlando. I'm not talking like the other side of Disney. I'm talking this side of Disney. I mean, we probably, let's see, probably around exit... Crystal clear probably around like exit 82, 84 or something. So that's, you know, 25, 30 miles onto I-4. Yeah. I like that, Matt. Resul- That's what call Crystal results clear. right there. Results. I mean, just the to let you done. know, you know, that place that you might want to go. Yeah. You know, that place that you, they, I didn't hear that. <laughs> you know? I mean, just to let you know. Hey,
1: did I say I want to go there? <laughs> what did I say to start things off with? They didn't get back to me. They're too busy tweeting about Mo Southwest 25 <laughs> times a day, by the way. Now, I, can I say that or not? I just did twice. Probably It is what it is. Yeah. Probably not. That Nick. might have been when I tweeted well, you are hey, breaking all the rules today. Well, hey, you know what, Nick? In that case, then don't trade. Um, for, you know, uh, a quarterback that's not playing Ryan
2: Fitzpatrick and don't trade <laughs> Russell Wilson for Tyler Higby, And I won't say those type of things. By the way, did the trade go through in fantasy? Because Here's this one is way worse than yours. I like, yours really was fantastic. You. This one's way worse. So who's voted against it? No, he's voted against it. Okay, he did. Here's where I, I stand. just didn't vote.
1: Here's where I stand, Brent. Yet. Obviously, this was attacked to me, right? This was a direct message to me. Nick's been listening to the show. You heard what I said yesterday. He's sending a message to me. Yeah. I voted for the trade to go through. You did? Here's why. Give me everything you got. Give me your biggest guns. I don't care, man. I'll take them head on, and I will still beat you. You can have every gun in your arsenal and every little swindling trick, if you will. Like, you thought the Russian collusion was bad? Check
2: this out, because everyone's colluding against me right now. I don't care. Back is against the wall. People want to doubt me, Brent. See what I do. So the question is here, was this attacked because Nick's the boss man? Yeah, he is the boss man. And so you had to approve the trade, or you were afraid of your future? No. Listen, my future Brown one day at a time, which first bring, of all. Brings a, brings another question. Have people been fired over fantasy football?
1: Well,
2: I was gonna ask I it should be.
1: My first thing was I was gonna text Nick and be and say, as as the
2: boss of a sports station, you should know Fitzpatrick is not playing this weekend. <laughs> Give him a little jab. Oh no, but he see the thing Nick does when we draft, I think he takes like six quarterbacks. He does. Right. Just for this very moment. Now,
1: keep in mind, he has Tom Brady going, which, let's be honest, Brent, I think we're on the same page here. We may disagree about a lot of things, but I would put Russell Wilson over Tom Brady in fantasy football. Just me. I think you would agree with that, right? Yes. Yeah. So the fact <laughs> that he's essentially trading Russell Wilson for Tyler Higby, listen, it's it's collusion. And I even texted, uh, I messaged uh, Olivia about it on Twitter. You know what she had to say about it? listen to a good old olivia who i had so much respect for i sat next to her at a wrestling event a big fan hard worker but i want her two weeks notice and i want it right now Brett because here's what she had to say about it i go hey what's going on here like is there some kind of collusion going on between everybody trying to get back at me and she goes i'm a savage for it it was sneaky i'm all for it
2: and i would do it again <laughs> She received she texted me today. She said, don't worry about giving Austin content. He's all fired up. And I think he's still going to be fired up for the radio show today. Message received. (laughs) Listen, by the way, Austin is sweating. Oh yeah, what else I, is new? I was sweat here. But I do when, hey, when it's I my mean, show,
1: though, man, I guess, when it's today. I know, man.
2: I <laughs> you know. Up, I I know, man. Or is the fantasy football thing?
1: It, it, it's a combination of everything going on. We haven't even broken down the tape and Brian Wallet says it all that, yet. Right? Like, we got a lot of stuff to still cover here. No, don't let and me then, hijack your oh, no, show you know, you here. Find, I wish you would make some sweating so bad. My heart rate's up so high right now. But with that being said, I'm not sure if you listened to the, the last time I was doing, but I was kind of breaking down the teams that are kind of in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, if yeah. you will, a little bit and. Uh we're left with about four or five teams that I think logically could get the job done. Now the Falcons, I think the Falcons are too great yes they're 1 and 5 right now but they're too talented of a team and they kind of got a boost a little bit with Raheem Morris coaching now. The Falcons aren't going to be in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. I, I don't care what Matt Ryan is doing like I don't It's not sure going to happen, right? The Vikings the Vikings are interesting, right because they're tanking. Let's be honest, Brent. You trade away Yannick Gangakwe, you your thoughts about that by the way.
2: I just couldn't believe it. It doesn't make much sense. I don't understand the the rental. Does that – really, though, the one thing about it is, yeah, maybe they are tanking a little bit. And, by the way, at the same time, Danell Hunter just goes on the IR. They just lost both guys today. Like, he hasn't been playing. But I'm just saying, he's out for the season now. Like, they declared that, I think, today. But keep in mind, he probably
1: could have came back, too, if they really wanted him back.
2: So what are they doing there and – I just think the interesting part of this that people aren't going to talk about is remember when Jan and his camp wanted two ones and a one and or something else and everybody was thinking one, one, one? Yeah. Obviously, that's not the market for Jan. Yeah. I mean, that's crystal clear. He's been traded twice in the last six months for a second and a fifth and now a third and a fifth. And he's having a good season this and year, he's right? He's doing now. a great job right now. Sure. So uh, that, I thought that part was pretty interesting. And don't sleep on this. No surprise, Baltimore got him. Baltimore obviously was interested in him anyway if you saw Adam Schefter's yep. tweets. But remember the Clowney move. Hmm. When the Clowney stuff was going on with Nashville, there was a deal in place, reportedly, that the Jags got involved with the the Saints to get Clowney to Baltimore. But the Jags were going to be the pivot play, so they would eat some of the contract, keep them away from Tennessee, but help feed Baltimore a... uh, J. Van Clowney, so they could get a a guy on the edge. So it's really interesting how all this materialized. The Jags kind of in the middle of it in a roundabout indirect way, Mm -hmm. and now Jan goes – uh, over to Baltimore. I'm not convinced, Jan, by the way, Jan's going to sign a long-term deal with Baltimore. He could be on three teams in like eight months. I mean It's a great point, right? especially if he keeps on balling out. He's
1: going to demand a high price tag, as he should. Yeah. You're, you're a pass rusher. Five sacks. You're in a valued position. So, yeah, it's, it's a great point where this is could be a lease right now for the Baltimore Ravens, but obviously the Baltimore Ravens are in win-now mode. Um, so with that being said, the Vikings, I get it. You trade away Yannick Ngakwe. You put Daniel Hunter on the IR. Um, I, I kind of schedule it out a little bit. They have five could-win games still. You know they play the Lions twice, the Bears. I'm not quite so lent towards the end of the season, but at the end of the day, I think Dalvin Cook's going to come back. Uh, you have you have a talented receiving group in Jefferson and Thielen. Um, Urban Smith Jr. is coming out at the the tight end position, and obviously you have Kurt Cousins who, if you want to say, is fighting for his job right now. I like those odds. I don't see the Vikings finishing with the worst record in the NFL. There's, There's no, no way they
2: don't win like two more games. There's no way. By the way, they got to play the Jags. Yeah. I don't exactly. know who else they have to play, but they have yeah. to play the Jags, yeah. and you put your money on Minnesota.
1: Yeah. Obviously, with this list, the Bengals are on there just because of you know, what they have right now as personnel. But even if that's the case, Trevor Lawrence is not going to Cincinnati. No, right? You have out more wins.
2: The, the thing think- about that would be interesting with Cincinnati is then anybody would trade – Correct. You know, uh, that could that could handle a big-time trade, like a big, big trade. What the Jags could do, but would they be willing to yeah, do? I'm King's not so sure. Yeah. Uh, now the Cincinnati would be sitting in a great position because they could go get other positions instead of the oh, quarterback yeah. because they already got their guy. But I think actually they're too talented. They're not overly talented, yeah. but they're too talented to win just one game.
1: Speaking of a uh, team on the list from Vegas, accordingly, the Texans, once again, Texans I think are just too talented.
2: Yeah. Like, I, I don't see the Texans finishing
1: with the worst record in the NFL. And again, they play so, the Jags again. Exactly. So we're just going to move past them as well. Well, two teams left, the Jaguars and obviously the favorite, the New York Jets. Now, the Jets, Sam Darnold's slated to come back pretty soon, if not this week. Now, if if I'm Adam Gase and if I'm that organization... I go get that guy from uh, Los Angeles who, uh, you know, treated, let's just say, Tyrod Taylor. And I say, hey, Sam, you want a shot <laughs> for that shoulder? And I, abs- and I accidentally miss a little bit. <laughs> get him right in the Speaking rib cage. You miss. Hey, hey, get him right in the rib cage. Maybe puncture. I'm not saying it hurt anybody, but hey, maybe just puncture along a little bit on Sam Darnold. He's had a rough go of it. He's had mono. He's seen ghosts. Let's go and puncture along to kind of go with the trifecta, let's just say. And let's keep Joe Flacco in there because if Joe Flacco's in there, this team will not win a game. Sam Darnold, to me, is kind of the X factor a little bit. If you watch that game when they played the, the the Denver Broncos Thursday night, like he kind of put the team on yeah, his back did. a little bit, and he kept the game at least competitive against a pretty good Broncos team who just beat the Patriots. Right. So the way it stands right now, like yes, obviously the Jets, the roster is horrible. I, I wrote them down. They have essentially maybe one could-win game right now where they stand. I said one could-win game. Because they they play the Bills twice, they play the Patriots. It's just it's a tough schedule for them. Dolphins and I think the Dolphins is, is that their could win tougher. Yeah, win the game? Dolphins is. Yeah. No, I'm sorry, the Dolphins and the Chargers on the West Coast, but Chargers on the West Coast they ain't beating the yeah. Chargers.
2: They yeah. got better chance to beat two in the Dolphins. Sure, it's so depend on how they're playing. So say, I said one then
1: right. Yep. So they have one could win game right now even with Donald comes back. To me, that's the no brainer. I think the New York Jets are getting Trevor Lawrence hands down. The, the Jaguars though, all right. Let's just let's be optimistic real quick. The Jacksonville Jaguars. You know what they have? Gardner Minshew fighting for his job. You like their offense, obviously. Their defense is a liability. But to me, I'm I'm worried more about offense. And we've seen the offense fire a little bit against some, some pretty good defenses. With that being said, I have the Chargers, the Chicago Bears, the Indianapolis Colts towards the end of the season, depending where they're at. Um, and I have the Vikings as four games that they could win, like – not saying they're going to win them, but they could
2: win games. I still think Houston here is one of those could wins. Sure, could. So
1: see, once again, and I say that with the, with the quotations, could win games. The Jaguars have four of them. The Jets have one of them. So to me, it's a no brainer. Uh, what we learned today, class: the Jets are going to get Trevor Lawrence.
2: Yeah, the Jets. Uh, the Jets are bad. Like I know the Jags are bad right now, and they are bad right now. Yeah, but the Jags are like ten times better than the Jets. I think. W- like, I say that, about. I think. Like, yeah. I think if they played right now, I think the Jags would beat them by 20. So, I have the
1: Jets getting Trevor Lawrence, and my second team to get him possibly because their offense is so abysmal right now and they're lost is the Washington football team.
2: Yeah, there that could be an interesting one, too. And yeah. then, you know, a lot of people will be. This conversation is going to turn at one point or another to see how good Justin Fields is. Mm-hmm. And some of the reason why Justin Fields' conversation hasn't been booming is one because Trevor Lawrence has been so good. And since. His freshman year, they've been targeting him in this year to be the number one pick, right? There's yeah. been that much momentum about him. But once the Big Ten starts up again this weekend and Justin Fields puts on a show or two, yeah. you wonder how much his stock will rise because, remember, we had Fitz on, on Tuesday, and he re- that struck that stayed with me a little bit. Yeah. He said people, some of the experts in Bristol and some of the people they talk to and what he's referring to is a little yeah. bit behind the scenes and say, hey, Keep an eye on Fields now, yeah. The, especially this day and age, and and some of the quarterbacks coming out of college. My hesitation is Ohio State, but ja- the bottom line is I would feel okay with the Jags if they were going to reset the position. Obviously with Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. I don't. I think it would be a reach for Trey Lance well, at this yeah. point.
1: And, and, and here's my question about that, right? Because I mean, listen, all I have to go off of with Trey Lance is the one game that I watched him play, and that's it. And then I have to go off of what my, my people tell me, North Dakota State. They're fans of him. Now, that's a little biased. It just might be, but they weren't wrong about James Robinson either, right? When I asked True. about James Robinson, they said the guy's going to be special in the NFL. Well, so far they are. So they were right about James Robinson. Maybe they're right about Trey Lance, but let's be honest, Brent. Trey Lance's only game this year. It was okay. Like it, to me, I watched Trey Lance play and it wasn't like, Oh, I get it. Like, I mean, it was like, yeah, he's a dual threat guy. I can get that. And that game was tailored to him. Keep in mind. It was almost like a, it was almost like a pro day slash game. Right, like they set Trey Lance up to succeed. How much can you go off of one game though? Like, how much of a risk is that? Because let's be honest, where you got to take Trey Lance, probably top fifteen. Like, that's a big move. That's a big piece to take and say, you know what? Let's risk it for the biscuit. Let's get Trey Lance because if it backfires,
2: that you you lose your job over that. I don't think they're gonna look at this tape at all. To be honest with you, I think they'll look at other tape. And I think also the off the. You know, the Combine, the Senior Bowl, those kind of things. Or not Senior Bowl, but hey, those kind of games. Uh, workouts. Those are going to be the key for Trey Lance. And mm. I think he'll wow people in those. Mm. And so the interview processes, I think he has a chance to wow people and move up. But I do think it's a risky move right now. The other part of it is, depending if you pick first or second, might depend on which coach you could attract. Because Four. if somebody knows they're getting Trevor Lawrence, well, that coach might not like Justin Fields. Mm. Someone else might say, "Hey, I run my offense. I kind of like Justin Fields. Sure, you know. Yeah. So it'd be really interesting with the top two picks, what jobs are open, what coaches could be attracted. Because if you're in the top two, you know, then you know you're going to get one of those two guys if you want them. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an interesting part about it. Send us the break, man. This is your show. I'm just here for it. Oh the last no, time. hey man, you're still the boss. Don't get it twisted. one
1: want the bosses. Nick is the boss. Oh, we we got go the It Says it all. You want to? Let's do it. You want to check it out? Taven Brian Jaguars defense wide nine. Or do you stick with what you got right now? We talk about that next here on ESPN 690. Austin Lane and Tony Khan clap back. There you go, Kuz. There's, there's your clap back for you. Clapped. So it's a, just it's a clap. gamer thing. Eric Clapton. Okay. Yeah. That that'd be a good oh, gamer name. Oh, I'm using oh, that oh, tonight. <laughs> Thank you, boy, i <laughs> Oh, that's so good.
0: Brent Martineau. Yeah. You guys it's just started. had a moment. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.
2: There's a lot of stuff going through my mind yesterday, just from a personal standpoint, not necessarily, you know, with the team, but you know is this is this it like was that you know my last game as a as an NFL player in terms of you know being the starter and going out there and playing um you know and you just kind of go through all those different scenarios.
1: Brent, you have the honors I've already gotten two of them today I got three of them today actually. Uh,
2: congrats, Congrats, by the way, on getting Todd Wash. Real, real brain busters, right? <laughs> I mean, that was great. Real hard ones. Yeah. really good. Yeah,
1: and I really messed up that Justin Herbert one. I, I mean, it would have been stronger. better if
2: you had, like, Snell on or something <laughs> from the Rays. But now you know? we're talking. Now we're talking. <laughs> but that obviously was Fitzpatrick. Yeah. That's what I, I I actually really, I know he's beating the Jags, like, with six different teams. Yeah. I, there's something that you really admire about Fitzpatrick. Whether Damn, it's the man. beard, whether it's the willing You're, to show the chest hair, yeah, yeah, whether it's the Harvard degree, or whether it's just like, how the heck has that guy played in the NFL for I so long?
1: I literally had this written down in my notes, uh, and you bring up a great point. Like, listen, how mo- like they broke the mold with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Because like you said, the guy's a Harvard graduate, so that means, I don't know, I think he got a perfect um, Wonderlick score as well. Yeah, but, you, know, you I mean, mentioned that, yeah, yeah, he crushed it, right? So, like, obviously a very intelligent guy. No matter what he does in life, he's probably going to be successful and make a lot of money. He's got swag with the beard the, yeah. the, and the whole Fitz Magic thing of last year wearing the track suits and all that stuff in Tampa Bay. So, like, he's got this cult following as well. And now I feel bad for, like, now he's showing emotion where it's like, you know what, man? Like, I'm, I'm not happy about this. Like, it means something to me and I don't agree with being benched. So now, like, you, you, like, you, he brings you back down to the human level where it's like, oh, well, I kind of feel bad for Ryan Fitzpatrick now.
2: He does. Like,
1: a guy shouldn't have this many, like, attributes towards him, Brent. Like, funny. Hip. <laughs> <laughs> Swag, smart. You feel bad for him now. Well spoken. How much more do you want from that guy?
2: I don't know if you think real quick. Fitzpatrick better at a coaching staff or in the booth? Oh, but it, by the way, Fitzpatrick's in the booth. He's got to have the beard still. Of course, like he got to stay with the beard. What is it? I don't know. He looks like shaving. I don't know what he looks like. I'm sure early clean shaven. Yeah, a I can look up picture.
1: More. Um, that's an interesting question because the personality would show in the booth, right? Yeah, but then, like, by his press conferences, though, like, what I know Fitzpatrick for is more like what he wears and how he presents himself more than what he says. Like, he's never really had a soundbite where it's like that's hilarious. seen some of the
2: stuff out of Miami, though, and maybe nothing's gone viral, but he's got some personality. Okay. You know, and the fun he has back and forth. So I've seen some of that last few weeks, and I thought it was pretty good. So I don't know. I just wonder if he'd probably be great at, at like, just the. His experiences will be great in the booth. I don't know if he, I'm not saying he's going to be Tony Romo in the booth, sure, but I think he could be pretty good.
1: But you hit it right there. His experiences, right? Like Tony Romo is so great because it's like you're sitting at a bar and he's talking football with you. Like he's not the most professional guy; doesn't have to be. With Ryan Fitzpatrick, of all the teams that he's played on, the different offenses, the different teammates that he's had, think of all the stories that Ryan Fitzpatrick can tell when he's doing color
2: commentary. Like to
1: me, it's a no-brainer.
2: Uh, well, here's the other thing. You know what else makes Tony Romo great? He's never going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, right? Yeah, true. Well, think about some of the guys that, that they try to get. NFL Network, Troy Aikman, yeah. right? Yeah. Those kind of guys that they try to get the studs that got because they played the game and true. they have the knowledge and they have the respect and mm-hmm. you know, and that's fine by the way. I think those guys can be very good, but the best guy in the business isn't going to the Hall of Fame. Good call. And that's Tony Romo. Mm-hmm. and uh now it's not the same for like baseball like i think john smoltz is unbelievable <laughs> he, he crushed it last night he's unbelievable that was fantastic he's he's great yeah and he has been for a few years and he is that guy so yeah. and he tells great stories too great yeah. stories great experiences mm-hmm. layman's terms everything mm-hmm. uh i think those two guys go and i'm probably missing somebody i think those two are the best in in, in their industry right now yeah smoltz and uh and Romo. Yeah. I think they're just fantastic. Yeah. So, All the
1: respects, like, like, I think like Reggie Miller, but he's kind of like, I mean, he's okay. Chris Weber, but yeah. Ugh, he's yeah.
2: Not. You know what? And if you think the best, obviously Breen's so good, but if you, yeah. and, and there's a great dynamic there was, well, was with Van Gundy. Yeah. And so I think, I think the difference there for me is in basketball, the best, when you think basketball broadcast, you think of the, the studio show. Yeah, correct. Because of Shaq and and because of Hands Charles. Down. Yeah. And so you don't even think of Breen and whoever else gets along the way. Yeah. Um but that's interesting. Mm-hmm. If Fitzpatrick would go there or not. All right, get us into the wall that says it all uh before because this will be a shorter segment. Yeah, man, we gotta uh, get going here. So the wall that says it all, listen. Um I've been trying
1: to avoid this as much as possible, Brent. I try to stay positive with the wall that says it all, but some things you just can't ignore. Right? And right now this Jaguars defensive line, more specifically the interior defensive line. Um it's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not cutting the mustard. It, it's not living up to snuff, let's just say. It's, it's been, been awful. Uh, it's been awful. There you go. I, I'm trying to be nice about it. No. And here comes the realist, Brett Martin. I guess we're kind of switching roles today mm-hmm. a little bit. So let's get into it. Let's break down this run by DeAndre Swift kind of put them on the map a little bit. Now all of a sudden we got a DeAndre Swift highlight film, compliments of the Jacksonville Jaguars. How many times have we told this story about running backs having field days of the Jaguars?
2: Well, DeAndre Swift adds to this. Let's go to slide number one. Kuz, we ready to roll? We're on it. Let's get it. Ball's in the middle of the field, the 25-yard line. You can watch us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. If you're in your car, we will illustrate it for your ears. But it's 7-3, first and 10, late yep. first quarter. Uh, left to right are the Detroit... Lions on the football field. So you, you said the key phrase right where you started the segment. You
1: said, where's the ball, Brent? Right, right in the middle right of the field. in the, the middle 25. of the field. Now, if you go at this formation, and, and listen, I don't expect you to know formations and things like that. We can call it a bunch formation. It kind of looks bunched. Yeah, but what do you see that kind of stands out to you with this formation right now?
2: I see nobody out wide, Correct. and I see one back uh, in the field. That's ju- in the backfield. That's okay. what jumps out to okay. me. Okay. Something else should jump out to you. It's, it's mirrored. Is that- it's oh, a mirror, mirror, Right? Very because
1: good. look at this. Right now, it's the same on the left side as it is in the right yeah, side. Absolutely. Right it's So what It's what I would mirror call symmetric. It. I like that. So it's symmetric right now. So the, the Detroit Lions are in a symmetric formation on a symmetric part of the field in the middle of the field. Now keep this in mind. The way the Jaguars run this defense, you have a strong side and you have a weak side. Now, if the Lions were to come out in this formation and the ball wasn't in the center of the field, you would call it it's the boundary side where the strong side is, right, or the field side. Usually it's the field side because there's more space to run, so the strong side goes towards more space to run. Here we have a scenario where the ball was just kicked. It's on the 25-yard line right in the middle of the field where there truly is no strong side or weak side. So if you're Todd Wash, if you're Joe Schobert, you just say, well, I guess strong side right. I mean, like, you, you, there's no correct way to call this play right here on defense. So right now you're behind the eight ball a little bit because there is no strong side, weak side of the field. So essentially you're setting your defense to a guess. And that's where we are with frame
2: number one right
1: now. So that's that It's
2: pretty good formation then, right? It's a genius
1: formation, and this is a formation that can beat this defense. And And also, uh,
2: I don't know if Patricia has a say in the offensive play calls at all, but he's a defensive guy and knows this might confuse a defense. Let's just put it
1: like this. This play right here with where the ball is at during this time in the game, this play was not by accident. This was designed, I feel like, days before
2: they even stepped on the field. Interesting. So a scripted play. Uh, One question, uh, that's 10 guys on the field. I'm assuming Jared Wilson is even further back because I don't count 11. Correct. Yeah, I think
1: Well, I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, he's. But we. I think he's farther back. That's a good call, though. I didn't even count the guys in the field, Brent. That's where you come in, I guess. I yeah. hope he's farther back. I I, I hope
2: so. I will have to check yeah. the other screen grab of it.
1: Yeah, he's probably playing center field. Okay, uh, Kuz, slide number two. If you, so kindly, will do that for us and let me go ahead and bring it up on my screen here. All right, so we got slide number two now. All right, so. The play has, has started here, basically, right? And we have DeAndre Swift, what we like to call, it's like a read zone, right? There's gonna be a cutback lane, but what does DeAndre Swift see right here? He sees a wide open space, 88, and out the gate. Taven Bryan right here, as you see, and I talk about this all the time in this defense, the three technique, they have to man their ground. You can't get blown back. You have to stand your ground. We see Taven Bryan right now make, making a cardinal sin. Well, actually two cardinal sins. Number one, Brent, where's his pad level?
2: Um, My screen is not showing it
1: yet. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'll put it to right here. Where's that pad level at? Way too high. High. High, right? And right now he's off balance on one foot. Brent, if I was going to push you and uh, you're staying on two feet or one foot, what are you going to be more stable on? Two. Two feet, yes, sir. So right now we have Taven Bryant being too high on one foot, and he's getting blown off. Now, I've, I've seen this before, right? And, and I, I've, I've taken part of this kind of play before. And, yes, I've been there where, obviously, I get blown back a little bit. The guy runs right next to me. It happens. But with that being said, though, this just isn't Taven Bryant's fault. Now, if you go on Twitter and you see replays of this run, everyone's going to blame Taven Bryan here. But it doesn't just fall on him. It falls on two other gentlemen. Miles Jack and
2: Brent, have a guess. Uh, Joe Schobert. Nope. Jared Wilson. Nope. Uh, Josh Jones. Correct. Hold on one second. Coos. do we have this other screen up? Because it's not showing up on my Twitter feed, at least, to uh, switch over. Should be there. It should be there? Okay. Go ahead, keep going. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Hopefully it's there. If not, eh, it is
1: what it is. We're just ESPN 690. We're just trying to make it. So as we can see, Taven Bryan getting blown off the ball a little bit. As we can see, uh Miles Jack is not even there. Right. So someone's got this gap. Keep in mind, Taven Bryan has the B gap, Brent. This ball is going towards the A gap right now. So yes, Taven Bryan is getting pushed back out of his gap. But guess what? That's not his play to make. That's Miles Jack's play to make. And here's what happened. Out of this formation, what I talk about, how it's symmetrical. So you don't know where the strong side and the weak side's coming. The Detroit Lions set it up like they're going to run to the strong side of this formation. Now, whether that was an audible or whatever the case may be, they gave the look like they're going to run to the strong side of the call. Right. So Miles Jack goes over there. Josh Jones, who has the tight end man, goes all the way from one side of the field to the other side of the field because he has to take his guy man. In doing so, that leaves a wide-open hole right down the middle. And when we talk about this defense, what the main objective of this defense should be is to stop the run in the middle. Essentially, what you have now is Miles Jack playing on the outside, and you have Josh Jones not recognizing quick enough that this is a run. He thinks that it's a pass, even though we see a tight end right now blocking another uh, cornerback. Josh Jones doesn't buy that, goes to the outside, and it's, not, it's 88 and out the gate.
2: Yeah, it's really interesting. Again, if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or Twitch, you can see it, what Austin's talking about. If you're listening in your car, uh, this is the play that goes for 54 yards, and this is the play that I said. I remember tweeting, There, you could fit a Mack truck through this yeah. hole. It was a huge hole. But exactly what you're saying is, right, they start running this play to the left side, and everybody in this frame, everybody's looking at that left side. If Correct. they're not already over there, their body's facing that way. Correct. And so this obviously put a lot of stress on Taven Bryan and whoever else was uh, on that side at, uh, during this play. Absolutely. Well said. So, right now, like once again, can Tame and Bryan help make this play?
1: Absolutely. But is that his gap? Absolutely not. Let's go to slide number three. Slide number three, and this is a different angle, but Marcel Robinson, beautiful job, man. By the way, Marcel Robinson is on my side in terms of the boss man's trade to Olivia. He, he, He thinks it was horrible as well, so it's good to have a friend and a confidant on my team. With that being said, let's go to slide number three, and we highlight Josh Jones right here. Josh Jones is in the opposite side of the field. Keep in mind, he started on one side, and now he's on the opposite side getting blocked by Marvin Jones, a wide receiver. That goes to show you right now that he did not recognize the situation. He thought it was going to be a pass, and it was a run. This is where read recognition and seeing your keys comes into play. If Josh Jones even for maybe a second sooner realizes, like, okay, the tight end's blocking down. Marvin Jones is coming to block me. This is not a pass. If Josh Jones can recognize that, he can help in that gap right there, that A gap. If Miles if Miles Jack doesn't recognize, listen, the running it to my gap, I should stay home and set no. If he stays home, he can help out. So once again, and this seems to be kind of the the trend going on right now with the wall that says it all in terms of when we talk about their defense. We have three guys right now, Brent. Three guys that are not doing their job. Yes, Taven Bryant takes the the the, the 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 brunt of this because we see him getting driven back and it's not a good look. But it also falls on Miles Jack a little bit and it falls on Josh Jones. If one of those three guys can do the job just a little better, if Taven Bryant can hold his ground and make it a smaller hole, if Miles Jack doesn't get pushed outside, uh, you know doesn't get involved with the theatrics and all the smoke screens and stays in his gap, he might have a tackle. If Josh Jones can recognize a little sooner that it's not a pass, it's actually a run, he can help out as well. You have three guys that didn't do their job, and now you have DeAndre Swift. Running for 50
0: yards.
2: It's amazing, really, if you look at this. Because when you describe Josh Jones and Miles Jack in this play, as we show this latest illustration, and basically it's DeAndre Swift running away, and there's just a bunch of green grass there. I I actually was surprised he didn't score a touchdown. Uh, But but he wasn't fast enough, really, to break. It should have been a touchdown. I would say a lot of guys would probably be a touchdown. I I thought Swift was a little quicker in that sense to be able to get it, but he wasn't. Uh, Bottom line is, you see Josh Jones and Miles Jack. They couldn't be further away from the play. In fact, they're... Two of the three most furthest away players yeah. from the play, and they started, <laughs> you know, like Correct. in the spot where now Swift is running. So it's it's fascinating to see, and as we always, it seems like every time we do one of these big runs, it's not just one guy. Yes. It's usually two, three, maybe even sometimes Four players. So now, let me
1: go in real quick before we go to break. Let me tie this into the wide nine defense and why I think that it deserves consideration to be switched to a wide nine defense. Right now, what you have in the Jacksonville Jaguars in this defense and this team is you have a team that is pressing, obviously, trying to make plays and go above and beyond what they're capable of doing. And in doing so, you have a defense that's given up way too much rushing yardage and also way too uh, great of quarterback play. With that being said, you have to ask yourself, what is this defense trying to do right now? It's putting their corners and their safeties, like Josh Jones other secondary members, in positions where they cannot succeed, okay? We saw a couple times, I didn't break this part down, but we saw a couple times during this Lions game, Brent, where we saw guys surrender the edge. And by I mean surrendering the edge, it just means that a guy's got the, the C-GAP, we call it the outside responsibility, and he gets sucked in, and you saw DeAndre Swift, you saw Adrian Peterson run to the outside and get a first down, right? That is the cardinal sin of this defense, and it's the cardinal sin of any defense, because Playing the edge doesn't take any kind of talent. It takes strength. I get that. But it it takes a mind. You have to be like, listen, if I have the outside, I got to stay outside. The Wars couldn't even get that done. And if you can't get that done, that is the biggest red flag of all red flags on a defense. It's the biggest cardinal sin when you cannot hold an edge. So with that being said, putting your cornerbacks and safeties in that position right now, it is not working. So would you rather have a cornerback or a safety unit holding the edge, quote-unquote, or would you rather have Josh Allen, Caleb on chase on guys who have done that standing up but have still set the edge before doing that? I would rather take the latter, and that's why I think they should switch over to a wide nine because let's be honest here. This defense with the running right now was put in to stop the inside run, and they can't even do that You're right
2: now. One question on Miles Jack here, because yes. Josh Jones, he got picked on in this game. I thought I didn't think he had a good game, and he got I thought he got picked on. Yeah, Taven uh, Brian's not playing good football. Yeah. I mean, he's just not. And, and that illustration you had is something that somebody told me last week. It's like, if he's, like, right here and in good shape with both feet, he's fine. Yeah. But as soon as something else throws him off balance, he's gone, like, mm-hmm. off the play. And this is kind of an illustration of that, that he kind of is – and at least in the freeze frame that we had of it, the image, yeah. he's like on one leg and just getting that gap keeps getting bigger and bigger for DeAndre Swift to run through. Yeah. But my curiosity is Miles Jack, because he's been playing really good football. Sure. And so which one of three things happened? Did he just kind of lose focus and mm-hmm. get sucked in and fooled, if you will? Uh, did he press to try to make a play mm-hmm. or did he just have uh, bad gap integrity?
1: This is where it comes back to slide number one and how this formation was set up. All right. He was going towards the strong side because the strong side dictates. Well, usually that's where the run's going to be. Right. So he kind of second guessed himself a little bit. He went with what he thought he knew and in his instincts, telling him, well, listen, the run in the strong side. I got to be over there. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. And with the great vision of DeAndre Swift ran away from the strong side. So, yeah, it falls on Miles Jack, obviously. You have to recognize a little more. You have to trust that the guys that are on the outside have your back. It's a little right? lack of trust, perhaps. Exactly. Yeah. There's a lack of trust right there. I think you have a case where Miles Jack, being Miles Jack, is trying to do too much, Yeah. right? And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, because let's be honest. You have a lot of guys right now that are trying to play outside themselves, <clears throat> to trying to make up for a lack of you know other guys. So I'm not mad it's with Miles Jack, though. but it's it's extremely dangerous. And when you do that, at least the big plays like
2: that. Yeah, and listen, it's not like I said, we've been saying this all, all week. It's not effort, but sometimes you try too hard, and that's called Correct. pressing. Correct. And it looks like the Jags on offense with Gardner Mitchell are doing that. Yeah. And it looks like on times, even some of their defense try to do but that. But once again, this is a. Hey, listen, you want to talk about getting?
1: I don't want to say you got out coached here, but this is a great call by the Detroit Lions having a symmetrical offensive scheme where, when you call the strong side to weak side, it doesn't matter; they can adjust
2: around it. Yeah, I see a great. That was a great illustration of a really good play design, and yeah. then it's up to Swift to figure it out if they execute it, which way to go, essentially, Correct. right? Correct. And so, it's pretty good play design. And they got them all sucked in on it. Yep. Uh, and a couple of mistakes. And bam, 54-yard run for DeAndre Swift. Part of a big day. And it really stings the Jags, especially even early in the game, because that's such a focus of the offseason with stopping the run. And now you look at the last couple of weeks, and it really hasn't been good. From Cincinnati to Houston to now, uh, uh, of course, against the Detroit Lions. Hey, when we come back to major sporting events tonight, big-time sporting events, it's next on okay. ESPN 690. <laughs> hey, welcome back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. On a, a Thursday, this is Austin's show today. <laughs> I just jumped in. we only got a couple minutes left. Well, thank you for stopping by. I get paid we for today? It. Of course you do. Oh, great. Good. I mean, you're kind of writing paychecks, aren't you? So, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, we got to give away the Otto's Pizza gift card. $25. We gave away one earlier with FSU at four. Of course, uh, uh, Donato's Pizza, one of our sponsors for Florida State football. You can hear them on ESPN 690. Uh, football and basketball, your home for the Florida State Seminoles coming off that big win over North Carolina. And uh, we want to give away another $25 gift card to Donato's Pizza, 904-362-9901. And let's make it uh, caller number three so we don't put coups to work here toward the <laughs> end of the show. Caller number three, 362 Nine nine zero one gift card to Donato's Pizza. Jump on in. A uh, couple of quick thoughts. uh World Series, real fast. Yeah, we got a series, baby. We got a series, man. I like it. I
1: like it a lot. You didn't and, like
2: what the Dodgers did, though, did you?
1: Didn't. Well, and listen, and it's nothing new, right? Like you mentioned, we've seen the Rays do it. I've seen the Brewers do it myself. But like, I didn't like the fact that I feel like. Dustin May is a guy that's waiting to get unleashed, right? And now he didn't have his best stuff last night, but the guy throws in the mid 90s, man. Like he's got the skill set, and I don't like how they they use that bullpen, like. To me, and I, it was a bullpen game, don't get it twisted, but why wouldn't you start your, your gunslinger May 1st and then go to the other guys later on? I, just, I didn't like what the Dodgers did last night.
2: Yeah, I kind of like May, too, and I just I, every time I look at him out there, I'm like, I don't know if they're using him as much. Now, I don't know the Dodgers team. He's yeah. just got some electric stuff, and I don't really think of the Dodgers as this great bullpen either, so you have to stress it out a little more. Yeah. Bueller will go in Game 3 tomorrow night, uh, so that will add to By it. the way, why does May look like a creative player? Like he looks like a creative <laughs> player from MLB2K. Ah, like he good. does not look real. Anyways, uh, hey, bigger sporting event tonight. <laughs> Come on, let's go. I know you're going, you let's, know go. Where I was going. let's go. Let's go. Giants, Eagles, or the debate. Listen, this is
1: final impressions. Listen, everyone's pretty much already voted. Like we know it, but it's, it's going to be like there's new developments.
2: Don't need to get political about it. I got to go to the debate, man. It's going to be an absolute chaos listen, show. Listen, don't be, don't don't be mad about this. The bottom line is the debates are now sporting events. They are absolutely. This got no political sway yeah. to you. You're not changing your vote yeah. tonight. Yeah. You're not. This Admitted. is a heavyweight fight, Brent, in a in a bar in the middle of Hooters with two overweight guys. We want to see. <laughs> we want to see yeah. if the mic gets muted or not yeah, tonight. Exactly. What's the prop bet on that? Pulling
1: no punches. It's the last debate, Brent. Let's go out with a bang, man.
2: The debate I'm for the Giants Eagles. We got a phone call. Well, that's for the Donato's pizza. Oh, I, oh okay. Ooh, okay. Good, 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 good. Okay. <laughs> Had to fill up the phone lines. That's right. That's what so nobody point. called about the
1: politics. I like
2: your style, man. <laughs> hey, Want to
1: talk to you know, Donald Trump or
2: Joe Biden? Have some pizza instead. <laughs> we got you guys. Hey, uh, good stuff today. Back at it again tomorrow Great with to our picks back. and others. Thanks for holding down the fort, guys. No problem. we got Jaguars All-Access coming up tonight before Thursday night. Football on Fox 30, 7 o'clock, Jaguars All-Access, Fox 30. I'll be over there at the stadium. Josh Allen, Jaguars pass rusher, will join us. Have a good night, everybody. We'll see you on TV and back here tomorrow on ESPN 690.